0: Hello and welcome to the Enroll More Students podcast. I'm your host, Amanda, from Raise the Bar. I'm absolutely passionate about helping children's activity business owners earn more money and build the business of their dreams. So join me as we discuss all the ways that you can help enroll more students into your program today. Well, hello and welcome to episode four of the Enroll More Students podcast. I'm so excited for you to be joining me today and I'm pretty excited to have my first guest here with me on the podcast today. Now, the first guest is someone I know pretty well and have been married to for an awfully long time already. So that is my amazing husband, Nathan. Hi, how are you? Well,
1: hi. Thanks for having me on all the way from the other end of the house.
0: It's very nice (laughs) to let me into your office to do the podcast with you. And driving me up the wall because he wants to drive the podcast machine thing and it's Already killing me, I... <laughs> yeah,
1: Amanda, look, for those of you that don't know Amanda very well, she is a massive control freak. Um, so, me just sitting here driving driving the podcast machine that we record on is like a big thing for her to let go of. But, you know, she doesn't do it right. So, it's probably lucky that I'm here to do it realistically.
0: Oh, my gosh. Okay. Yeah, sure. Whatever. Let's get into the bio. I don't even know if I'm going to give you a good bio to hey. start with. <laughs> so, um Nath has been part of our business uh, since the very beginning, all of our businesses. He has a background in mathematics and finance, super nerd kind of style stuff when he's done a master's in those things. He um, has worked in the past as an accountant, as um, a financial software um, analyst.
1: Analyst, a financial software analyst. analyst. Yes.
0: Sorry. Really need to get these bios up. Um, And... Now works full-time um, in my business, um, in our business, in our business, thank I you, should yes. say, in our business, um, and has for a really long time. So, Nath, why don't you tell everyone what you kind of do in our businesses on a day-to-day basis?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So, um, like Manda said, I'm a massive maths and numbers nerd, um, one of those weird people that just love all things numbers. Um, and I think I really bring that um, analytical right brain sort of thing into our business, um, our children's activity business obviously being a dance studio um, a lot of creatives within our business um, so it is good to have that sort of other way of thinking um, and bring that that other like I said, level of analysis, I guess, to the business side of things is really important. Um, like Menda said, we've, well, she didn't say, but we've been together since we were 16 years old. Oh my
0: gosh, yeah, <laughs> don't tell people that. That's a long
1: time. Um, so I've been around and that's when Menda started um, Dance Sensations, um, our business when she was 16. So I've actually been there since the start. Um, I remember going in on the first day they opened. That's how long I've been around. Um, so I've always understood how it worked really well. Um, and I came to work full time in it about seven years ago, um, just as we were expecting our second daughter, Gigi, um, when we made the, the big leap to buy our the premises we're currently in um, and go all in on our business, which is when I moved into it. Um, and yeah, it's, it's one of those things. So I know while I bring that um, financial, um, logical maths brain analysis to it, I do know exactly how children's activity businesses operate and work. We know that they're unique businesses um, that you know, when we talk and over the years we have tried talking to other sort of financial analyst type people. And while they provide great insights a lot of the time, because we are such unique businesses, um, a lot of the nuances they sort of miss. um, And that's where sort of what my strength is, understanding all, everything that encompasses going into a successful children's activity business um, and the numbers around it.
0: Crazy. It's been that long. Oh my God. Um, So, nath does in the day-to-day you would call yourself um, a business manager i guess at our businesses
1: yeah absolutely so i like i said do um look what a lot of people think all the boring stuff but that's that's why it's good to have different people in around your businesses because that's all the stuff that i love so like manda said probably the business manager is the best way to describe it Um, i do for us i do all of our accounts and bookkeeping um, on top of um, all those things that need to happen in the background to get the business ticking along, um, all of our sort of financial forecasting and crunching our numbers to be able to give. Because, you know, at the end of the day, um, maybe cover your ears, she is the boss, like as much as, as, much <laughs> as you like.
0: <laughs> you <liked>. know it. <laughs> yeah.
1: um, so making sure that she has all the numbers that she needs Um to be able to make the big decisions about our business, she's the the creative direction, or sorry, the creative vision of our business. So making sure that I'm giving her um, the information she needs and getting all the extra bits off it so that she can make the best decisions for us moving forward.
0: Ah, I so appreciate that. He's always helping me out and giving me all these numbers all the time and graphs, pretty graphs, <laughs> pretty graphs. And um, so since we've been working as uh, Coaches um, for children's activity businesses, nate has been helping so many other business owners um, understand the numbers in their business better, which for so many of them has been absolute like light bulb moments um, as they start to learn about the numbers that they need to know um, and how to work those out really simply. So you're going to be helping us um, today with some three top tips of numbers that you should always know and be on top of in your business. Is that right?
1: Yeah, absolutely. And look, what I I just want to start this by saying, like I said, I love all things numbers. um, But one thing that I hate about numbers is there's so much sort of negative connotations around it. And people um, are really quick to put up I guess put up the barriers around themselves, and there's all these labels. You know, they think that they're bad at maths. I'm doing air quotes here. I don't know why I'm doing air quotes because I don't know if you can see me. Or there's that thing, sort of, for a lot of people, I think it's left over from school that they weren't a maths type of person, or they're not good at numbers um, and things like that. But we know for a lot of people, and a lot of the amazing people we work with, um, both privately and in in our um, in our Dance Principles United group, is that if you've been running a business for 12 months or more you probably are good with numbers, right? We know that one in one in five small businesses fail within their first year. And if you've been running your business for over five years, um, then yes, you are good at numbers. You, you, just, you just don't know it a lot of the time because we know that 50% of small businesses fail in the first five years. So you obviously are good at numbers and they obviously do swirl around in your head, but you are good at analyzing and making decisions off those numbers. Um, but what is really important is really being able to focus and get... Um, the most important numbers, if it's something that you feel like you do need to work on. Um, What I like to do when I work with people is, you know, same with everything. If you jump into the deep end of anything, you're probably going to overwhelm yourself. Mm -hmm. So making sure that we break when we're, if you're just starting out your journey and making sure and wanting to know the numbers better, um, making sure that we start and get simplified. We start simple and then we can grow from there.
0: I love that. So you often teach people about Financial Fridays. Tell on. me about Financial Fridays.
1: Absolutely. So like everything, um, and yeah, this is one thing that I personally had to work very hard on, um, I'm the type of person that likes to um, have multiple things on the go and as Amanda will probably tell you, um, do get distracted sometimes.
0: <laughs> yeah, you do. <laughs> <laughs> um,
1: and so like yeah, one thing will come in, I'm like, oh, I've got to go a million miles an hour at that now. And then halfway through, somebody else will tell me something else. Oh, I've got to go four million miles an hour at that now. But what Um, really made a big shift for me was financial Fridays. So making sure that every Friday, first thing I'm doing when I get in is jumping straight into zero and doing actioning everything I need in there for the week. And yeah, sometimes that might take me um, the whole day. And sometimes, some Fridays, it only takes me an hour. But knowing that 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 is my day set aside to tackle what I need to do with the numbers in our business... And depending on, you know, the time of the month, the time of the year we're in, um, that's where those different sort of lengths of time can come in for Financial Fridays. But just blocking out that one set amount of time um, to really attack the numbers makes it so much better.
0: I love that. So maybe if you're starting out looking at the numbers in your business, you know, making that Financial Fridays commitment that maybe it's even just an hour on a Friday morning that you spend starting to work out these numbers and look at them uh, might be a really great tip for you. Um, So let's get stuck in. Are you ready? Absolutely. So you've talked about we have three key numbers that you must know in your business. Are we going to get stuck into tip number one?
1: Absolutely. So Number one is what is your fixed cost per class or um, depending on how you set it up, uh, we know that a lot of gymnastics places might do per hour or things like that, but whatever unit you sell um, your classes or your instruction in, how much does that one class cost you?
0: So fixed cost Cost per per class. class. So Amazing. Tell me about it.
1: What that is is every cost that you need in your business to pay to open the doors um, and all the advertising around it before a student or teacher even sets foot in your building. Okay. And look, before the pandemic, that was a, a bit of an abstract thing for a lot of people to um, to, to visualise. But, you know, one thing that um, the last sort of 18 months has helped is that I feel like a lot of people have got a lot more understanding of their numbers because we've had to sit in and look at costs we've had to cut and things like that. But this, this fixed cost per class, um, so things that we're including in there, is your rent. You know, you've got to pay Mm -hmm. your rent whether anybody turns up or not. Definitely. You have to have the lights on. Um, You have to have the internet connected. So all of your electricity, your phones, your internet... um, any non-teaching wages that we have. So for us, I um, in our business, we have quite a few admin staff that we pay. Mm-hmm. So that's a cost that um, we have to pay um, regardless of whether anybody comes in for classes or not.
0: And what about your own personal wage? Is that in there yeah, as well? exactly.
1: Because it's a wage for the business. It's a cost for the business um, that... Yeah, that that goes towards, you know, the classes wouldn't run if we weren't there to drive the business forward and run the business. So, most definitely, it includes the owner's wage. Um, Look, it can get a little bit um, tricky if the owner's teaching or things like that. What I recommend with the clients we work with there is you just stick to one or the other. So, if you are a business owner that is doing a lot of instructing as well, just pick one way or the other. You either include yourself as a teacher or you include your wage in the fixed costs. Just make sure you don't double up.
0: Okay, so fixed costs are everything except teachers' wages, basically. So advertising, marketing stuff, you know, things like the balloons that we give out at school fates, that kind of thing.
1: Exactly. Anything that needs to go in. One thing that I do is our retail side. Um, the retail branch, any of the costs Mm -hmm. that go into our retail side um, isn't included as well.
0: And like costumes or uniforms or anything like that as well, I guess.
1: Exactly. Mm -hmm. But anything that goes into um, the actual physical space that we're providing the classes and the advertising and marketing and all of our software subscriptions and things like that as well, anything that goes into running the business to help us get people into the classes and run the classes.
0: Awesome. So how do we actually work out the fixed cost per class
1: yeah perfect so it's one of those things yeah you know, with any numbers and this is something that I again another thing that I've had to really work on is to not get caught in the weeds with it yeah it's one of those things that sometimes we can um, we can go down a bit of a rabbit hole and start to you know look through all of these you know dive into zero or whatever accounting package you use and you know try and get it down to the exact set but one of the good things about this number is um, because we do it over the whole year, um, as long as we get, you know, especially if you're starting from nothing, just by doing a, a basic calculation on this number, you're going to be so far ahead of where you were before. Yeah, love that. So making sure what a really great place to start is just your last P and L. So look, this we're recording this in September now, so I know a lot of businesses um, will have already had their financials from last year um, already done or about to get them. So what we what I do is we sit down with our most recent um, set of financials and we take just the P and L the profit and loss statement from that. And then you just get a highlighter and you go through and we just highlight um, all of those line items in there, like the rent, like the electricity, mm-hmm. all of those line items that we think, yes, that is one of our fixed costs.
0: So you have all of those. Exactly. You've got them d- for the whole year, I guess. Yeah. The
1: whole year is generally the easiest way to do it. And then, you know, let's say our just really basically our rent was $100,000. We had $10,000 in electricity and $5,000 in phones and internet. And wouldn't it be nice if they were the only three? But let's just pretend. So what we do is we have that number and we add them all together and it ends up at $115,000. Now for us, we run classes during 40 weeks of the year. So I take that $115,000 and I divide it by the 40 weeks of the year and then... I've got the fixed cost per week. And for us, we run about 160 classes per week. So I take that number again and I divide it by 160. And that gives me our fixed cost per class in our business.
0: Awesome. So you said you could do that per hour as well. So you would do that, for example, on how many hours of instruction you offer per week so the total amount for the whole year of all your fixed costs divided by how many weeks a year you operate um especially if you're in the kind of operate those like 40 weeks or something like that on the school terms divided by how many classes or how many hours of group instruction
1: yeah exactly yeah i was doing it with one of our one of our Mm. amazing private clients who is um runs a gymnastics club um, or gymnastics business. And yeah, there's a little bit different, but we divided it by, we took it as the hours of instruction that they were doing.
0: Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Um, shout out to Sarah. Yeah, um, yeah and it's, it's
1: one of those things as well. It's, um, yeah, basically everybody I, I do this with, it's a massive eye opener for them. Um, yeah, I, I've had people, I've had tears, I've had laughs, I've had joy. It's, 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 it's not something that we want to be reactive to, it's really important. Um, any of these numbers that we're talking about today is just to help us make better, more informed decisions um, around our business and, and the things that we can do in our classes. So it's one of those things that can be a little bit scary to, to dive into, but mm. it's a really important number to know. Um, and it helps us make better, I guess, less emotional decisions around our classes and our offerings a lot of the time.
0: Awesome. So what does that number normally come out like? Is that is that a hard question?
1: No. So with people that we've worked with, I've had it come out as low as about $65 per class mm-hmm. um, up to about $120 per class. Okay. Um, so it's quite a wide range. Generally, I'd say around the average is around sort of that $80 to $85 mark, mm-hmm. um, but it'll depend on, on a lot of things as well. Like, um, you know, whether you have... I guess, yeah, a, a big, massive space, um, how effective you are at using
0: your space. How many hours you're operating yep. a week, if you're yep. using it to, its, um, you know, the amount of hours you can use per week, I guess. Yeah. Um, and if you're including uh, your, you know, owner's wage in there as yes. well, I guess. So once you have that number, um, as you said, it could be, you know, there's quite a big range, but somewhere around that sort of $80, $100 mark. Yes. What does having that number mean?
1: yeah, like like I was just saying, it helps us make better, more informed decisions. Um, things like you know when because yeah, like I said, that's only one part of what that class costs, um, and then you add your instructor's wage on top of that mm-hmm. to get the true cost of that class. Um, so and then you know, maybe this is getting a little bit advanced, but we start to look at things like the profit per class and things like that. So you know one use of that number, if you think it's a little bit high, um, it helps you then start to look and identify about maybe some expenses that you can cut um, to bring that number down to make yourself more profitable or if you look through it and you think no like this these are the expenses we need um, then yeah obviously the the fix for that um, if you would like to make a bit more money that means that your prices have to go up but it just helps give that baseline.
0: Awesome so what I guess you do is you actually look at that number and then see how many kids you've got in the class um, and what the absolute, Minimum it is that they need to be – how many kids, like as a minimum, need to be in the class before you're even turning a profit.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And that's what that leads into um, the second – Number like the second of the three Ooh, key numbers. We're jumping know, over. I know, it's, Let's it's, go. So, like, you two. know what we're doing. So, the, the second key number is knowing exactly how much each student pays per class. Um, I know so for
0: each student pays per class, like, so not just what's actually listed on your price list.
1: Exactly. So, mm-hmm. we know for a lot of children's activity businesses that will be a nice, easy number um, if you don't have any um, discounting or anything like that. And if you don't have any discounting, kudos to you whoop, whoop. would absolutely love that to be the case. Um, but we know in our little nation dance studios that a lot of people, um, do discounts as you know as students take more classes mm-hmm. um, that they, they multi-class start multi-class discounts, multi-class discounts, yeah. and things like that. Um, and some people even offer sibling discounts and things mm-hmm. like that. Um, so it's not you know it's not as a matter of if you charge fifteen dollars for one class. A lot of the time, somebody taking four classes isn't paying sixty dollars. Um, so it's making sure that you can use your um, class management software or something like that to get in and actually find out how much your students are paying per class um i know that you know in the dance studio space, for example, a lot of um, people that I work with sometimes get their students are paying like four to five dollars per class by oh my the gosh. time these multi student discounts come oh, in.
0: And is that like for 45 minutes to an hour? It's like nothing, is it? Yeah.
1: So we've got to yeah. be really careful because that, like I said, it just gives us a real, really, um, a much better overall picture of what's happening for each class because, you know, your, um, how many students you need to break even for your preschool class, for example. Um, is going to be very, very different to your your top-level elite kids class. Um, I know, For example, in our business, we know that we only need about um, six or seven preschoolers to break even mm-hmm. in one of our classes. But by the time we get up to our comp-level kids, um, we need that number to be at least sort of 12 to 15, depending on what age and what level they're And at. that's
0: because they're getting a multi-class discount and they're paying a lesser amount per class. Is that right? Exactly, mm. exactly. Awesome. So you need to know how much each student is actually paying per class. So most software should be able to work that out for you?
1: Yep. Good yeah.
0: software should be able to?
1: Exactly. So yeah, any sort of any class management software that's sort of worth its worth its price should be able to give that for you or at least give you, um, you know, I know the one that we use tells- Which is Jackrabbit. Which is Jackrabbit, tells us how many classes each person do so we can just- take their, if they're doing the unlimited package, we can take that and divide it by the 13 classes they do.
0: Awesome. So um, how this works in other activity businesses, it might be how much um, a student pays per hour, for example, if you're working it out as an hour rather than a class or a afternoon or however that works. But super important to know exactly what they are actually paying. So I guess once you have... Those two numbers, what your fixed um, cost per class is um, and how much each student is actually paying in that class, Um, you can then start to look at obviously adding the teaching costs on top of that, but how much you're actually making, I guess.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And that's the key, isn't it? We're looking for the profit the profit per class.
0: And I guess the um, the actual cost to run a class so we know where the break-even point is and how many students you actually need. I think I love the idea of going, okay, so we know that this class needs a minimum of 10 to run. Otherwise, we're not even breaking even on it or perhaps it's 6 or 15 or whatever it is. So, so valuable. Yep. Awesome. All right. So we've got our first two numbers that we need to know, the fixed cost per class, and then how much each student is actually paying per class. All right, Nath, what's the third key number that we should know in our business?
1: Okay, perfect. So a number that I use all the time is um, how much one new student brings in in revenue to our business. Um, And so, you know, because we're all about a lot of the stuff we talk about, obviously, is enrolling more students. Um, And we are often looking to bring new people into our business. So what this number is, is how much one new student doing one of our classes per week for the entire year will bring into our business in revenue. And it's a super, super important number. So, for example, I sit there and I go, our classes, one class a week is $140 a term. Um, So that ends up being $560 um, over the entire year. We then add things like our registration fee. We add our costume hire fees for their concerts. By the time we've added in um, their uniform as well, we know on average that our new students spend just under $100 a year on uniform. Um, So we add that one in as well. We know that they've got tickets for our mid-year concerts, tickets for our end-of-year concerts, and all of our students um, participate in the concert and pay a concert performer fee as well. So by the time I add all of those numbers together in our business, it ends up being just over $900. So it's like $910 I know is coming into our business in revenue for every new student that we sign up to a class.
0: Awesome. So that's like a minimum, if they're to stick it out for a year, basically the minimum anyone's going to spend in our business. Yeah. So when we know that that number for us, for example, is about the $900 mark, how does that help you make um, better decisions?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So um, one thing that I'm I'm constantly seeing in our space is that um, people aren't Willing to spend or aren't spending anywhere near what they should be on marketing um, and are balking at at the amounts that they need to be spending um, to advertise and bring in new students into their business. So, when I look at that, you know, if I'm spending, you know, $1,500 on a small um, Facebook ads campaign, for example, I know that by the time I've got two students from that, that I'm already in front because those two students are bringing me in $1,800. As a combined total. As a combined total for that $900 spend. Now, I know when I'm spending $1,500 on a Facebook um, ad set, I'm bringing in way more than two students. Mm -hmm. Um, So for the last one I did, for example, was costing us about $30 per student um, to be enrolled. Oh,
0: so $30 you're spending for each student you enroll. Yeah,
1: absolutely. So So if
0: they're spending $900 for the year, sorry to interrupt, and you've- I'm used to it 30. by now. It's okay. <laughs> so if you're spending thirty dollars to get a student in on the advertising, they're spending nine hundred dollars with you for as a minimum for the year.
1: Yes, absolutely. that's really
0: good return. Oh,
1: it's ridiculous return. Yeah, um, and that, that's why it's such an important number. To, such an important number to know. Sorry, mm-hmm. because it helps you put into context that advertising budget. You think like, oh, can I? You know, can I really afford to spend? Even um, if that, it was three hundred dollars. Yeah. yeah. Can I afford to spend that three hundred dollars? Well, it's that's sort of like how can you afford not to?
0: Mm, definitely. So if you know that's the absolute minimum and we also know that, you know, um Most of our students don't just take one class a week and probably the same in yours. Most of them stay for more than 12 months. So it's actually a bigger number than that. Absolutely, But that's like the absolute sort of minimum most people would spend is that $900 in the year. And so it does, it makes it so much easier to think about how much you can spend. So even if you had to spend $300 on advertising per student to get an enrollment in, totally worth it. Oh,
1: absolutely. Yeah, without a doubt, Not not an issue at all.
0: Awesome. All right, so we've got our three main numbers we need to know: the um, fixed cost per class that you got from dividing all of the expenses, um, basically, besides the teachers' wages, by how many classes you run over the amount of weeks per year. Yep. Um, and knowing that, so you know how much you know you need to be, but you know, allowing for students um to to even have those classes operated. I just fumbled over that, but does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. Yep. Yeah, cool. So how many, um, how much it's costing you to open the doors before you're even um, making any profit. Then the second one was how much the students pay per class because that then goes back. It helps us sort of see how many students we need to have enrolled once we've got that fixed cost per class. And then the third one was how much a student brings us over an entire year. Yeah. Super. I love it. They're three great tips. Thanks. Hopefully they help um, you guys knowing uh, the numbers in your business a little bit better. So before we finish up, is there any other tips, any other numbers that you think that we should know or have any ideas on?
1: Yeah. Um, oh, look, I've got, you know, how long have you got? Like, we could do this podcast for seven hours, but I don't think anybody quite wants to do that, right? It's um, a bit too much numbers. It's a bit too much numbers. Um, but look, one one that I keep seeing pop up, and it's a it's a quick one to talk about, is making sure um, that you know how much of the money that's coming into your account is not yours. Ooh, um, yeah. <laughs> because, you know, there's only two things that are certain in life, death and taxes, right? Um, so we know that as business owners, we have um, our tax obligations. Mm-hmm. And too often I see... You know, we all get that little thing, you know, you're there thinking, look at all the cash I've got, you know. Riding high at the moment, and then bang, your uh, your bass comes in, and you have to pay all that tax. Um, and look, this is coming from experience. I know personally, I'm a much better spender than I am a saver, and so are you, Manda. Oh yeah. Um, because I see, <laughs> we all know how many how many online shopping deliveries we get, um, especially during lockdown at the moment. Um, but I yeah, I need to, and I do understand that yeah, the a lot of the money, not a lot, but a portion of the money in our account isn't mine; it's the government's, and and I'm just minding it. So for me, it's better out of sight, out of mind. Um, because we know that these tax bills can sneak up on us. So what I make sure that I do in our business is Every single Tuesday, I sit down and I send money to a hidden account every week. Um, I Does that sit mean down- I can't see it? Yeah, absolutely. You can't see. <laughs> um, so <laughs> the, the money comes into our revenue account. And look, this is a, another conversation for another day, what I do with that. But a part of what I do from that revenue account, the money that comes in, I just send 10% straight away to our tax account.
0: And to- that's for the GST, exactly. for Australian friends.
1: For our Australian friends, our VAT, for our um, New Zealand friends. Um, But yeah, so I make sure that 10% just goes straight away. I know there's a lot more complications to it, but it's just a really simple, easy way to do it. Um, It's really especially important after we have sort of big cash injection events like our concert and things like that um, to just send that tax straight away out of sight, out of mind. So when the tax man comes calling, that money just goes straight away, no issue. Um, And another one I do is make sure every Friday when I do our pays for our employees, um, that PAYG... Um, tax component, again, it's not mine. It just goes zero. till It gives me a nice easy number at the top of my pay run, how much tax I've withheld. So that money just goes straight into the tax account as well, where you cannot see it.
0: <laughs> and I can't buy pretty clothes online yes. with it. It's basically well, what you're telling me. Not that do
1: that from our business account <laughs> <No>. <laughs> in life, but you know.
0: You know what I mean. Um, okay, so... You take out the money pretty much every week so that every you week. don't get um, excited about it. 10% GST um, for tax purposes for Australians. And then also the PAYG amount that comes out that you see from your zero or perhaps your Myob or whatever software yeah, absolutely. program you and use. And
1: look, and then to give myself a bit of a buffer, if we've had an especially good month, um, I will send, you know, just do an extra little transfer at the end of a month just to make sure.
0: Awesome, and that's always a bonus if you don't need to pay it.
1: Oh, absolutely! And look, to be like, especially during um, we're in New South Wales at the moment, so we are in a lockdown. Um, but what we had our March to June quarter, for example, was one of our one of our best um, quarters ever. Um, and what that meant was that because of that, it's also our biggest bass bill ever. Um, but because that money was already set aside, even though it's a bit of a tough time during lockdown, um, that money was just sitting there ready to go. So when that big bill came in the middle of lockdown, it wasn't an issue at all.
0: Yeah, awesome. I love that. Whether you're in lockdown or not, it's no. just always great just to not ever think about it as yours, I guess, exactly. and not get carried away and no. think about it as yours. Awesome. I love it. Thank you so much for My your pleasure. tips. You know, I might even learn something as well. Like
1: we've got hidden money. Yeah.
0: <laughs> I'll start looking for it any day now. Um, so if you um, need any extra um, explanations of this, we're going to have a couple of things on the um, podcast page for this. Yep,
1: head to the podcast notes.
0: So the podcast notes for this are on?
1: Uh, Raisethebar.com.au slash four.
0: Just the number four.
1: Just the number four.
0: Amazing, Um, and hopefully this has helped you um, know the numbers in your business a little bit better. Um, Shoot us a DM on Instagram if you um, found this helpful. If you have any other questions, we'd love to reach you. And now that I'm
1: here, I can say to everybody: if you please make sure that you um, subscribe to the podcast, and if you're feeling especially helpful, um, we would love, 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 and so appreciate. any comments on there because it really helps um, us out and helps other people um, find the podcast who we know would find it really helpful.
0: Ah, thanks so much. We would so appreciate that love. Amazing. Have an awesome day. Thank you for joining me all the way in the study today, Nathan. Thanks. (laughs) Awesome. We will chat to you guys again next fortnight. Have a great time. Bye. Bye.